Love, 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 love. The gospel in a word is love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love, love, love. Ponto Crator. He is our creator. He created heaven and earth. Ponto Crator. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is our Savior. He is our sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, He is our Comforter. He sanctifies our souls, Holy Spirit. Agios, O Theos, Agios, Yesheros, Agios, Satanatos, Elesonimes. O you whose presence delights my soul, and whom in my distress I call, my comfort by day and by night my refuge, my stronghold, Whenever I fall, Shepherd of my soul, I beg you to tell where you make your sheep to rest. For why should I Roam in the valley of tears and wander as one who is lost. I charge you to tell the daughters of Zion. Have you seen the one I adore? I seek him in vain in the night of my soul. But lo, I can find him no more. Shepherd of my soul, I shall follow you. Oh, how sweet your voice is to me. So guide me and lead me and show me the way. My only desire is 
shepherd of my soul i shall follow you oh how sweet your voice is to me so guide me and lead me and show me the way my only desire is you Father God, I wonder how I manage to exist without the knowledge of your parenthood and your loving care. But now I am your child. I am adopted in your family and I will never be alone. Cause Father God, you're here beside me. I will sing your praises. I will sing your praises. I will your praises forevermore. I will sing your praises. I will sing your praises. I will sing your praises evermore only son i wonder how i manage to survive without the knowledge of your sacrifice and humility but now i am your friend i have awoken to your call for me and i will never leave you lord because jesus christ you're the almighty i will sing your praises i will sing your praises i will your praises forevermore i will sing your praises i will Sing your praises, I will sing your praises forevermore. Holy Spirit, I wonder how I manage to endure without your comfort and your gentleness and authority. But now I am your temple, I'm a light to all those who see me, and I will never feel it. Holy Spirit, you sanctify me, I will sing your praises, I will sing your praises, I will your praises forevermore i will sing your praises i will your praises i will sing your praises forevermore 
Coptic Church, I wonder how I managed to succeed with the knowledge of your strength and faith and your history. But now I know your beauty. I'm a member of the one body and I will never be worried. Cause Coptic Church, you liberate me. I will sing your praises. I will your praises. I will sing your praises forevermore. I will sing your praises. I will sing your praises. I will your praises forevermore. Christ our God is risen from the dead and he is the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. He appeared to Mary Magdalene and spoke to her and likewise said, Tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. So Mary came forth to the disciples and told them she had seen the Lord and he told her so it was truly good caring of the Saint Mary Magdalene she came to the tomb first day of the week seeking earnestly the resurrection of the Lord she saw the angel sitting on the stone proclaiming and saying he is risen he is not here wherefore glorify him proclaiming blessed are you o my Lord Jesus for you have risen and saved us In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So God willing, today, on the occasion of the Resurrection Feast that we had last week, um, I wanted to discuss a little bit the meaning of the Resurrection Reenactment 
which is like the skit that we do in the church uh, during the, the feast, uh, the liturgy feast uh, of the resurrection. Um, and it has a lot of like very nice spiritual meanings and, and, and historical meanings of what is it that we are, what is it that we are doing. So in the liturgy of the resurrection, after chanting the resurrection hymn, all you heavenly orders, we perform the resurrection reenactment. The church lights are turned off. That actually makes it hard to find pictures of what's happening because all the pictures are very hard to see. All the lights are off. The church lights are turned off, signifying the darkness that had surrounded the world before the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in Matthew chapter 4, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. So um, again, what we are what we are reenacting is the scene where the Lord Jesus Christ, after his crucifixion he, and resurrection, he goes up to the doors of paradise that have been closed. The reason that the doors of paradise were closed was because of the sin of Adam. The sin of Adam, the, 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 there became like a, a wall of separation between us and God. And what the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished was to remove the barrier, the separation between us and God, to reconcile us with, with God the Father again. So in this scene, the, the lights of the church are off, representing that we are living in the darkness of sin, and the veil of the, the, the curtain of the sanctuary is closed, representing that the doors of paradise are closed. Okay? Actually, at the time of the, the resurrection, after the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, something happened to the curtain that was in the temple. What happened to the curtain in the temple? is torn right and it was torn from top to bottom representing that the person who tore it was god god is the one who 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 tore this curtain and this curtain was separating the people from god so the curtain was separating the holy of holies and the temple from the rest and the only person who could enter into the holy of holies was the high priest okay so it's like god was not accessible to the people okay after the curtain after the resurrection the curtain was torn in two symbolizing that now there is no wall of separation or barrier between god and the people anymore so in that sense right we are closed the curtain okay of the sanctuary because the sanctuary represents the place where god is right is the holiest place in the church it is the place where the altar is it's the place where we have the body and the blood of christ so it's representing of heaven okay and paradise and the the curtain is closed to represent the fact that no one has access to god okay and the lights are off because we are in the darkness of sin the curtain of the sanctuary is closed signifying the closed doors of paradise the priest stands inside the sanctuary just as the cherubim stood in the garden of eden guarding the tree of life and we read this in genesis 3 so he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life so kind of just as god had restricted the access to the garden of eden after uh, adam and eve were expelled and making sure that no one was to enter so also the priest inside is representing like this cherubim that is guarding the the paradise guarding the doors of paradise no one is allowed to enter two deacons 
or sometimes some churches have one deacon, stand outside the sanctuary with the resurrection icon. So the resurrection icon, of course, represents the resurrected Christ. Okay, So the resurrected Christ is, is standing outside of the doors of paradise. Um, and these deacons signify the angels that accompany Christ during his life on earth, ministering to and serving him. We read about these angels actually after the Lord fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. It says, then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So these angels that are standing outside along with the icon of Christ are like the ministering, serving angels of Christ. So they're like accompanying Christ uh, with him. And so these are represented by the deacons. The resurrection icon represents the Lord Christ who descended to Hades through the cross and led captivity captive. So what is the first thing that the Lord Jesus Christ did is after the crucifixion, he didn't go straight to heaven. He went to Hades. Okay, and why would he go to Hades? Okay, because... Hmm? Yes, so, so all throughout the Old Testament, there were many righteous people. But all of these righteous people could not go to paradise, could not go to heaven. Because again, the doors of paradise were closed. Because our righteousness was not sufficient for us to inherit eternal life. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ did. The Lord Jesus Christ allowed us to inherit eternal life through his sacrifice and taking the punishment of sin on himself. Okay, So the first thing the Lord Jesus Christ did before he goes up to paradise is he goes down into Hades as a man who is there to free all of those who are in prison. Like imagine you have a scene where it's like you have all these people who are prisoners, okay? And they are unable to escape from this prison. When the devil saw, because the devil did not fully understand who the Lord Jesus Christ was. Was he truly God? What, what was he? Who was he? There was some, some kind of confusion in his mind about who he is. So the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, after he died, just like every other spirit of any human who died prior to that point, went to Hades, okay? But the Lord Christ, he did not commit any sin. So he was not actually under judgment. He did not actually deserve to be in Hades because only those who had sin and corruption are the ones who were judged in order to go to Hades. The Lord Jesus Christ was the first human being who did not. So even though he went into Hades, he did not go to Hades as, uh, as, as a prisoner, right? He went there as a liberator. So he took the souls, you know, even like in the doxology of the, of the, the resurrection, when you say like, um, the Lord broke the bars of iron, right? We, we speak about him breaking the bars of iron. Like he goes there and his strength, he breaks the bars of iron and he, he frees all of these people who are in, in bondage, who are in prison, and he leads them up to paradise, and this was something unexpected by the devil. The devil didn't realize that this was happening, right, until, until it happened. So the Lord Jesus Christ took all of these souls of all of these righteous people up with him to paradise. After descending to Hades to free the captives, he is now entering paradise to restore our father Adam and his children to it. And we read this in Ephesians 4. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He first descended into Hades and then ascended to paradise. 
The rest of the deacons that are standing here in the chorus symbolize the spirits of the righteous ascending with the Lord Jesus Christ to paradise. So the deacon chorus who are here like are a representation of the souls of all those who are in Hades that the Lord Christ is bringing with him to paradise, to enter, okay, into, into paradise. The resurrection enactment starts with a dialogue between the angels accompanying the Lord Jesus Christ, again, who are the deacons standing outside with the icon, and the cherubim inside the paradise who is represented by the priest. And in this dialogue, they declare the good news of the resurrection by chanting three times, Christ is risen. So the deacon outside, he says, Christ is risen. And then the cherubim inside responds, truly he is risen. And this happens three times. This is giving the reason for now why the doors of paradise should be open. It's kind of like the, 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 um, the angels from the outside are saying, now is the time for the doors to open. Why? Because Christ is risen. Right Now the door should be open. The two deacons from the outside, so after Christ is risen, truly he is risen three times, then the deacons on the outside, they say from uh, Psalm 24, verse 7, Lift up your gates, O rulers, and be raised up, O eternal gates, that the King of glory may enter. Right. So these gates are like the gates of heaven. And we're saying, lift up, raise up these gates. The kings that are mentioned in this verse are the cherubim who are guarding the ways to the heavenly paradise. So he's saying, lift up your gates, O rulers. You know, the, the rulers are like the ones who are responsible for keeping the gates closed. They're like the ones that are guarding the paradise, keeping the gates closed, which again are the cherubim inside that is represented by the priest. So the, the deacons on the outside are saying, open the doors. You know, open the doors, you cherubim. Uh, why? Because the king of glory can enter. In Revelation 21, it says, Also she, which represents the, the heavenly Jerusalem, had a great and high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. So you have these gates to the heavenly Jerusalem, and you have these angels. Each one is guarding one of the twelve gates. So the everlasting doors are the doors of paradise. The King of glory is the Lord Jesus Christ. So these angels are coming to declare the risen Christ, open the doors, speaking to the cherubim, open the doors of paradise so that the king of glory may enter. The priest, who is the cherubim inside, he says, who is the king of glory? He's continuing the psalm in Psalm 24. After he says, open the gates so that the king of glory may enter. So then the, the, the cherubim inside responds, who is the king of glory? This is, not a, this is not like a question out of like a lack of knowledge or not knowing who is the king of glory. This is a, like a rhetorical question saying, describe to me like, like this king of glory who is now about to enter. Um, we read in Isaiah chapter 63, who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? This one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. 
Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads in the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me. This is a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ and his crucifixion when it says, Why are your, your garments dyed red? So again, this is not a, this is a rhetorical question. This is a description to make us to understand who is this Lord of glory? Who is the one who is coming? The two deacons then on the outside, the angels from the outside, they respond again from the same psalm, Psalm 24, the an answering the question, who is the Lord of glory? So they say, the Lord, the powerful, the strong, the mighty, victorious in battles, he is the king of glory. The Lord triumphed over Satan. This is why he is victorious. This is why we say about him that he is a man of war. We say about him that he does battle, right, with Satan, that he is victorious in his um, and his mission of salvation that he accomplished on the earth. St. Paul speaks about him in Colossians 2. He says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Right? He, he, he destroyed the power of Satan, the one who had rule and dominion, the one who reaped the souls of every single human being that had ever lived and never imagined that there would be a day where those souls would be taken from him, the Lord Jesus Christ came, and like we said, he, he broke the bars of iron. He led the people out of prison. In Matthew 12, 29, Or how can he enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? The strong man here represents Satan. He's saying the strong man, in order to overcome Satan, he enters he binds the strong man, and then he's able to plunder his house. That's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He plundered the house of Satan. Right? He went in again to Hades. He took the, what was Satan's for himself. Then after this scene and reciting Psalm 24 back and forth between the angels of the outside and the cherubim that are inside, then the doors of the sanctuary are open, just as the doors of paradise were open, and the lights are turned on, symbolizing the light of the resurrection that has enlightened not only paradise, but also like the whole universe, the whole cosmos. In Ephesians 5, it says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So this light is turned on in the church, representing that the Lord has accomplished his mission, that the doors of paradise are now open. And so we open the curtain. Uh, in order to represent that now the doors of paradise have been opened. The deacons, with the icon of the resurrection, enter the sanctuary. So this is the Lord entering paradise and proceed around the altar three times while chanting the resurrection hymn, Christ is risen, as the Lord Jesus Christ has entered the paradise with his angels and the souls of the righteous. This is also why you see that there are deacons that are entering in and actually going in this procession. Right? They're going in this procession because the souls of those people who, who rose from Hades with the Lord Jesus Christ are now entering into paradise. In Psalm 118, it says, Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. Those righteous people, having been judged righteous by God, are now finally, after so long, able to enter into paradise. After the three times around the altar, the procession goes three times around the entire church, symbolizing the apparitions of the Lord Jesus Christ and the saints. So after the resurrection of Christ, of course, Christ was seen 
by many people. And other people rose from the dead. People who had died rose from the dead. And those people were also seen. So the church represents like the world. And all of the people in the congregation represents the people living in the world. So as the deacons are going around in the procession, they are like those people who were resurrected that are being seen by the people in the world as a proof and a testament to the resurrection that had truly happened. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, and that he was seen by Cephas and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. This is Christ after the resurrection, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then also by the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Right. So the people who are seeing the Lord Christ, also the saints, in Matthew 27, it says, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Right? So all of these events happening as a proof that the resurrection actually happened. And that you had hundreds of people who saw the Lord Christ. And you had so many people resurrected from the dead in their bodies, from their graves. And they went also into the cities, into the every place, and people saw them, right? So it was known that this, this happened. It was not just uh, something that happened where only one or two people s saw it. It was something that was declared and known by so many people. At the end, the procession again goes uh, inside the, uh, the sanctuary for one more time around the altar signifying the ascension of Christ 40 days after his resurrection. So just as the Lord remained um, for 40 days after his resurrection and he was seen and he would appear to the disciples, just like today, Thomas Sunday, we spoke about how the Lord Christ appeared to St. Thomas. So he, he, he remained for 40 days. And then on the 40th day was, is the Feast of the Ascension where we celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ actually being taken up to heaven again and so this is represented by the procession and the icon of the resurrection now is coming back into the sanctuary right after going around the church three times <clears throat> back into the sanctuary is the ascension of the lord going back into paradise signifying the ascension of christ 40 days after his resurrection the resurrection of all the believers and the entry of the kingdom of heaven um, at the last day so this is, from a historical perspective, this is the historical meaning of this uh, rite and this reenactment and what it re how it corresponds to the events that actually happen there. That's one of the beautiful things about all of Holy Week is that we try to reenact and the, 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 the circumstances, the things that have happened, like, for instance, on Hosanna Sunday, the Sunday before the resurrection, we bring, we bring palm trees, we, we go around the church, we, we sing hymns that are very unique to this season. We try to relive the moment. We try to put ourselves <coughs> in the situation so that we could actually be celebrating and chanting Hosanna with those people who are chanting as the Lord Jesus Christ is entering Jerusalem. And during the Holy Week, the, the, again, the, the tune of the hymns, the setup of the church, the, the way that the prayers are prayed, and everything is focused on all of the events that are happening leading up to the crucifixion. And then also in the resurrection, we have a very unique 
uh, rite or reenactment that we do. It's not done any other time in the entire year. This is very specific to the resurrection. So we are trying to bring to our minds all of the events that happen. Maybe they happened a long time ago, but we are trying to relive them, right? We, every year we, we try to relive these events, not just to remember them as like a history, but to live them and, and to bring them into our, our minds, into our remembrance, so that we can benefit from them spiritually and realize that even though we were not alive at the time when the Lord Jesus Christ was on earth and we did not witness as eyewitnesses all of the events that happened to him and we did not see his crucifixion and we did not see his resurrection and yet we believe in faith that all of these things indeed happen and that they are still valuable to us and we benefit from them even now. So there is a lot of a spiritual meaning behind even this rite when we speak about it. The sanctuary, which is the place of God, the place where God dwells, um, represents the believer, right? Because we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. We are the place where God dwells. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, St. Paul says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Right? So we are like the sanctuary. When a believer shuts the door before the Lord, he lives in spiritual darkness. So when we close the door, metaphorically, just as when the curtain of the sanctuary is closed, when we close the door to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are living in darkness. We live without him. In Ezekiel 32, it says, All the bright lights of the heavens I will make dark over you and bring darkness upon your land, says the Lord God. Right? When we separate ourselves from God in this way, when we turn from God, it is, it is a darkness that we live in, a darkness of and sadness and aimlessness and purposelessness and, and, and a, a life of, of sorrow, addiction, and all kinds of things trying to search for a way to find meaning in life where there is no meaning apart from God. But when the believer accepts the Lord Jesus Christ who rose from the dead, we read in Colossians 1, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So when we choose to open the door and to allow the Lord Jesus Christ in, then we are enjoying the light of his presence and the power of the resurrection um, working in us. So this, again, whole week, which is why I feel that this, this week is really the, the, you know, kind of the core of all of the spirituality in the church for the entire year, right? It is like the culmination of 50 days of fasting, it is the culmination of asceticism. It is the culmination and expectation of the blessings that we are to receive in the resurrection. And when we participate in the whole great fast and we participate in this holy week, the feast of the resurrection has a certain flavor and a taste to it that is second to none in the church. There is nothing else like it because it helps us to truly experience what is it that God wants us to experience today. Not just an event that happened long ago, but truly the power of resurrection, the, the, the idea that we are raised from darkness, raised from darkness, not just in the physical sense, because there obviously is the physical resurrection, but just the spiritual resurrection on a daily basis that we are reminded of, that we are filled with the grace of God, that we have joy in our life because of his presence with us. And this church reminds us of this with this um, rite that we celebrate um, every year. So I just wanted to share with you its meaning. Um, I think it's extremely beautiful. Uh, even when we contemplate on it and how it applies to us as individuals. Um, does anyone have any, any comments or questions? Yes.
So just as we believe that there are different levels uh, in heaven, we also believe that there are different levels in Hades or in hell. So some people say that for them, Hades was like, it wasn't a joyful place, but it didn't necessarily entail torture. It was like a waiting place. It was a waiting place, waiting for the time where they would be taken out. Okay, um, so that many of the many of the like the fathers speak about that, but definitely we believe that there are different levels. Not everyone is going to be punished the same, just like not everyone is going to be rewarded the same in heaven. Yeah. Yes. The origin of the reenactment. I have to say, I don't, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know if we have that knowledge or not. Like, there are some things that we're not really sure where it came from. But I can try to see what is historically like. Where, where, when, when did the church first start practicing this? Yeah. Any other? Yes. Not apostles, but just believers. Yeah, people who people who had died and were buried, they actually rose from the dead, and they lived the rest of their life. Yeah, they they continued to live their life and they died again. It's like Lazarus, right? Like Lazarus, when he was raised from the dead, right by Christ, he 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 rose from the dead. He continued to live his life. Actually, he became a bishop, and then eventually he died, again. So he died twice. Same, same with these people, right? They, they rose physically from the dead. They weren't, like, they weren't apparitions in the sense that they weren't like just spirits. No, they actually resurrected with their bodies. They lived and then they died. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 would, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how God deals with situations like that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We thank you, O Lord, for your resurrection. We thank you for allowing us to participate in it and to benefit from it. We thank you, O God, because no matter how far away we are or how much in darkness we are, you always leave a door open for us to come back to you. We thank you, O Lord, for your mercy. We ask, O God, that you help us to understand and see the power of your mercy and the power of your resurrection working in our lives. Help us, O Lord, to grow closer and closer to you day by day, to feel your love and kindness and goodness, and to transform us, O God, to be like you. We thank you, O Lord, for every gift and every blessing that you give. Help us, O Lord, to make use of the sacraments you have given us in the church and to make use, O Lord, of your holy word and to make use, O Lord, of everything you have given us in this ark of salvation for us to be saved and for us to grow closer to you and to fulfill your will. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, 
Hear us as we pray. Thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.